welcome to the comment take on sports with Kevin and Quentin. All right, I'm here with another episode. My daughter did the introduction, just in case you guys wanted to know. So um, let's talk about some college football. <clears throat> Man, there were some really good games this weekend, but I think I want to talk about some of the games that were uninspiring to me and some of the games that were very inspiring, right? So I want to start off by talking about the Florida State, Florida game. So this is one of the performances that was actually inspiring to me because as everybody knows who follows college football, Jordan Travis got hurt. Florida State's quarterback, right? And that guy was playing phenomenal for them. There was a couple of games he carried him on his back. And so they played this game without Jordan Travis. And <clears throat> Florida jumped on them fast. And if I'm not mistaken, they got a safety early and then a touchdown. And Florida State struggled a little bit, but when they finally found their rhythm with their backup quarterback, um, Rodmaker, Rodmaker, man, they started running the ball. He was making just short, efficient passes, not turning the ball over, and they ran in for three touchdowns. Florida State ended up winning 24-15. So, that was a very, very resilient performance without your superstar quarterback, right? With a backup quarterback, they, they found a way to win. And that's what you, for me, that's what you look for, for teams that are at the, like right now, out of the undefeated teams, like that's what you would look for to put a team in a playoff. A team that gets put in a position where they have to figure out a way to win, right? Jordan Travis was... <clears throat> Just he could throw the ball, he could run the ball, like he he did what it took. They had to find a different way to win and they did. That's resiliency, that's grit, that's toughness, that's like they're one of the top my opinion, they're one of the top teams right now in college football because they found a way to win that game and that was a very inspiring performance from Florida State, in my opinion. Dad, I mean I think you know even though Florida State lost Jordan Travis, you know they could stick. They could rely on the run game. Well, they you know, they could have lost that game yeah. losing Jordan Travis, right? Because how many times have we seen that where a team loses a, a star quarterback like that, and then they they lose the next game or go on a losing streak, right? The fact that they found a way to win to me that's that's like that makes them one of the top teams right now until they get beat. Like they're they still are finding ways to win even though they lost their you know, big-time playmaker, right? Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, F Florida State's run game uh, was really the... The, the defense yeah. stood up, and then, yes, they, all, they, they got that run game going. Yeah, yeah, they got the run game going. You know, they didn't have to pass. They didn't have to pass because all I had to do was just run the ball because they have Trey Benson, pretty, mm -hmm. a pretty good running back, and... Uh, you know, you can just hand it off to him. Uh, he'll do his stuff, you know. Well, my thing was they did pass the ball to keep the, the Florida defense honest. 
And so Rod Baker's threw for 100. He was 20, 12 of 25, which is a little bit below 50%. But again, this was his first game like in the fire like that. He threw for 134 yards, 5.4 yards per uh, attempt, and he had 93 QBR rating, which isn't bad at all. And so the fact that he threw the ball for 134 yards kept the defense honest so they couldn't just stack the box against Benson, right? And that's what it led to Benson getting those 95 yards and the three touchdowns. Like you said, they were able to lean on that running game a little bit because he was able to make passes to keep that Florida defense honest and not allow them to stack that box. So he did what it took for Florida State to win that game. So that's why that's pretty that's an inspiring performance to me and shows that they right now they deserve to be the college football rankings don't come out until um, Tuesday, but to me they deserve to be in be back in those rankings. They deserve to be back in the top four right now. We'll see what happens in the college uh, in the all the conference championship games. They got to play Louisville in their conference championship game, but Louisville just lost to Kentucky. So uh, Florida State's got a good chance. They got a bunch of chance to win that ACC championship game. And if they do that, I the committee can't keep them out. They should rightfully be in that playoff. Yeah, I mean, Louisville's loss to Kentucky was just their defense. Their defense was terrible. Mm-hmm. And that's how... It, it, it was really a no defensive game, so I think that's how Louisville lost because of their defense. Their offense was great, just their defense was just couldn't stop Kentucky. It was terrible. Let's talk about another. Uh, let's talk about an uninspiring performance for me. So I watched that Georgia Georgia Tech game, and Georgia's performance was uninspiring. They struggled against a six and six. At the time, they were 6-5 and five Georgia Tech team. And you're supposed to be the class of the SEC, and you're struggling against Georgia Tech. <clears throat> uh, to me, that was inspiring. I'll talk about that a little bit later um, when I give you my, my rankings after uh, week 13. But to me, that was uninspiring. Georgia's, Georgia needs to bring it in the SEC championship. Um, and they may be finding themselves on the outside looking in of the college football playoff. Um, yeah, because they, they've had a yeah, couple of uninspiring performances this year, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean that's not that's not how that's not how you're gonna beat an Alabama team in the SEC championship game. You know? They also had an uninspiring performance against Auburn. Yeah, Auburn game was very close. They. Barely won. I mean, you, they won you can't have that against him. last second play on a fourth and 12, I think it was, fourth and 13. A lucky throw and catch, which it worked. They won the game, but to me, 11-1 Alabama team that's supposed to be cream in the crop should not be playing that close of a game against a 6-6 six six Auburn team. Winning 27-24, another uninspiring performance for me, but, you know, we'll, we'll save that for later. Um, Washington, Washington State, again, another uninspiring performance for me. Like, Washington's supposed to be this big, bad team that ESPN's pushing, pushing, pushing. They're this, they're that. Michael Penix Jr. is the Heisman candidate. Yet, they barely beat a 5-6 and six at the time, 5-7 and seven now, Washington State team, 24-21. And they're supposed to be big and bad. And ESPN's pushing Washington. They're they're pushing Washington 
anyway, so that was uninspiring to me. Sorry. Yeah. I just. I, they won on our last second field goal against Washington State. Yes. That was just. I mean, come on. Washington State it just, just, just isn't that good of a team. Um, LSU. They haven't been for a while. Was a very inspiring. I know they're not in the college football playoff, but that game, I'm telling you right now, if um, their quarterback, Jaden Daniels, is not in New York for that Heisman race, it's a travesty. It's blasphemy, man. That dude, I don't care what anybody says about Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr., Jaden Daniels has been the best player in college football this year. I don't care what you say about Marvin Harrison Jr. Yes, he's the best wide receiver in college football, but I'm going to tell you right now, Jaden Daniels, once again, threw for 235 yards and four touchdowns and ran for another 120 yards. That dude has been do-it-all for his team. That's reminiscent of Michael Vick at Virginia Tech, Cam Newton at Auburn, uh, Lamar Jackson at Louisville, like he's doing the things they did. And if I'm not mistaken, I'll have to go look this up. I'm pretty sure that he has 50 touchdowns attributed to him, whether it be on the ground or through the air this season. That is impressive. And I don't think you'll find a better player in college football right now than Jaden Daniels. I mean, he he really reminds me of the all-time NFL greats that could throw and pass, like uh, Michael Vick, I, I don't Cam know about, Newton. I don't know about NFL greats, but college greats, yes. I'm with you on that one. Like, it's he... He, he, he kind of reminds me of, like, a Lamar Jackson right yep. now. He can run. He can pass. I mean, he's, he's like a running back and a QB. Like, yep. Because he he reminds me of Lamar Jackson, Michael Vick. Michael that, Vick could run. If that dude is not in New York for the Heisman, at least the Heisman ceremony, I think it's a travesty. That that it's, I'm sorry, but he should be in New York. I don't care I th- what anybody I, says. I think he I th- should win it. Yeah. But at a minimum, he should at least be invited to New York for that Heisman ceremony. I mean, dude's one of the best players in college football. I think he's the best player in college football. And this is coming from a Michigan fan. I think he's the best player in college football. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he should win the Heisman Trophy because Lamar Jackson <laughs> won the Heisman Trophy the same way. He could run, he could pass. Yep. And Jay Nails can run, he can pass. He should win the Heisman. There's no way he should not be out of that conversation. He so, should be in New York, definitely. Yep. So now I've been quiet <clears throat> ever since the investigation started. Um, all the the nonsense started. <clears throat> I'm about to spot off a little bit here. Because one of the most inspiring performances of the day for me was the Michigan Wolverines. ESPN's been pushing the narrative of they're cheaters, they can't win because they cheated, they they blah 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 this, blah blah blah. That's all ESPN talks about. They down Michigan every chance they get Heather Dinage. Uh, Paul Feinbaum. I, I can go through a list of people on that show on ESPN. Uh, uh, Pete Thamel. They're all down in Michigan. All cheaters. They're not very good. We're about to see. And I'm going to tell you right now. Now, before I say this, all the credit to Ohio State. They played one heck of a game. 
Those dudes played their butts off. I know what Roman Wilson said. That's just player chatter back and forth. I do think that Ohio State played a lot tougher this year than they did the last two years. I will give Ohio State that. They they definitely, you could tell that they wanted to win that game. And I, I my opinion, their coach lost that game for them. But now, I'm about to let my Michigan fandom come out. Because the deck, the deck was stacked against Michigan. It was absolutely stacked against them. Their head coach was gone. They fired uh, their linebackers coach last week because they found out he was involved with part of this investigation. Their sign stealer, their supposed sign stealer guy was gone, right? They just got beat by an offensive coordinator standing in as a head coach. Yeah. And so, to me... Like, that just shows that Ryan Day is overrated. Because he literally just lost to an offensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean... And he's the more seasoned coach out of the two. And this is why I think he lost this game. Because when you go back and watch that game, Sharon Moore is a first-time head coach in a huge game with huge... So there's a couple things on the line here, right? One was the narrative that's been passed around by ESPN and Ohio State about Michigan won't win this year because they cheated the last two and now they're, they're, they've been exposed. They can't cheat this year. There's that narrative, right? Michigan was fighting against that. Then they, the Big Ten went around and was real shady about the way they suspended Jim Harbaugh, but they suspended him for this game. There's another thing against Michigan, right? Then they lost their other coach last week. And so, like, the deck, the deck was stacked. This was Ryan Day's perfect opportunity to take this back from Michigan and win this game. And this was the difference between the coaches in this game. If you go back and watch that game, Sharon Moore didn't coach this game not to lose. When he had to make a choice of whether to take a chance or not, he took a chance. He went for it on fourth and short three different times. And yes, they got it. And they made it. One was a pass to the tight end. The other two were runs right up the middle. And they got their first downs. And then at the end of the game, he took a chance and left it in his defense's hands with like a minute and five left. And it paid off for him. Ryan Day didn't do that. He coached not to lose. Like there was a opportunity. I don't know if you remember when I told you during the game where Ohio State was at a fourth and one and before Ohio State even made their call, I told, I looked at you and said, they're going to go for it. There's no way they don't go for this. Fourth and one, they've been running on Michigan all day long, like on the short yardages. There's no way they don't go for this. And he didn't go for it. He punted. And I, I was just, I was surprised. I couldn't believe that Ohio State punted on that. It was late in the game, fourth and one. And they punted. And I was absolutely surprised. Like, that's the difference in the coaching in this game. Sharon Moore took those chances. And, yes, it could have backfired on him 100%. Ohio State could have stopped him. But he was willing to live with the results that if those choices he made lost him the game, then so be it. And that's how he won this game. Like, he took those chances and won. And Ryan Day was too afraid to take those chances. And that's what it's been the last two years. He's been too afraid to take those chances. Yeah, um, I still remember that. You no, know, uh, there was a lot of 
short fourth down opportunities for Ohio State, and they decided to at least punt it or go for a field goal. In those situations, all in the game, they never went for a fourth. I don't think they... Well, there was only one fourth and one that they had that I was extremely surprised that they didn't go for it, but they didn't. And, like, that was that could have been the game if they would have kept driving. I really don't understand why you didn't go for it, but that is what it is, you know. It might have been a fourth and two. I can't remember, but it was close, and they punted. And so, I'm sorry, but for all the haters out there, this game vindicated Michigan and proved that the last two years, that game was won just because Michigan was tougher and wanted it more. Because yesterday, all the the distractions, missing the head coach, uh, you know, playing a tough team like Ohio State, they could have folded. They could have lost that game. Past years, Michigan, prior to 2021, they do lose this game. You can tell that with the new coaching staff that Jim put in place in 2021, the culture has changed there. Everything has changed. There's a winning attitude. And there's a, we're not going to get, we're not going to dwell on mistakes that happened during the game. We're going to keep moving forward, keep playing until that final whistle sounds and that final second takes off. And that's how they won this game. True grit and toughness. Michigan out-toughed Ohio State again this year. Again, my hat's off to Ohio State. They played tough and gritty too. They only gave up, I think, one big play to Michigan of 20 yards. The rest of the way, they kept Michigan in check and made them, you know, earn their way down the field. But, see, that's the way Michigan plays, too, though. Like, they don't really get big plays. They like to chew up the clock and slowly, methodically work their way down the field. So, that kind of played into their favor. But, again, I, I, I hats off. I think Ohio State played a lot better in this game than they did the last two years, but Michigan still has the – still wanted it more. And you could see it on the field. You could see when Ohio State broke. And then when Ryan Day finally decided to go all out, it was too late. It was the end of the game. And he forced his quarterback to make a turnover because he put the whole end of the game on his shoulder – a young quarterback on his shoulders – you know, the first time playing in this game when he could have avoided that by taking some chances earlier in the game. Yeah, I mean, you can't put all that pressure on a young QB in his first year yes. as a starting quarterback. His first game, uh, well, well, his second big game that he's playing in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Honestly, the difference in the game was the turnovers, the two turnovers. Yeah, those were the... Real difference. Oh yeah, one was one turned into seven points for Michigan because it was right there on their side of the field. I think on the twenty, like second play of the game, when uh, Will Johnson jumped the route to Marvin Harrison Jr. and picked it, and then the second one turnover was the interception that sealed the victory at the end of the game. Rod Moore, which by the way, he's an Ohio boy and Ohio State slow. They didn't really recruit him very hard. They, they just kind of had him on the back burner for a long time, and that's why he came to Michigan. And I'm going to tell you right now, he takes this game personal every year because of that. Because Ohio State really didn't recruit him, and he wanted to beat them. He actually 
came out and said he told when Ohio State didn't really recruit him. And he, he grew up an Ohio State fan and wanted to go to Ohio State. And when they didn't really recruit him and had him on the back burner for so long, he told his friends and classmates that I will never lose to Ohio State as long as I'm at Michigan. And so far, he's three for three. Three for three. thought that was a pretty good story from Rod Moore. But, again, it was just toughness and grit. I told you before the game, because the deck, the deck was stacked against Michigan, I'd be surprised if they won the game. I said they had a chance because they are tough, and these kids have fun together. But I told you, don't be surprised if they lose a close game to Ohio State by a field goal or something. And, man, I just – you saw me when they got that pick at the end of the game. This was probably one of the best games I've ever watched Michigan-Ohio State play in a long time. Um, the only games I can think of to compare it to were 2010 and 2006 and 2016. Those three games were all really, really tough, close games. But honestly, um, Michigan played a very inspired game Ohio State made a run, came back, tied it up 17-17. They could have folded then, and they didn't. They kept playing. They kept grinding. And I, I don't think Ohio State ever led during that game. Michigan led the whole game except for when it was tied, 17-17 in the second half. So hats off to Michigan for being tougher, pushing harder, and finishing out the game. Um, again, there's no excuses for Ohio State now. I don't know what the Ohio State fan base I is going to say, but there's no excuses. There's nothing they can say. Like, Michigan just out-toughed them. If I was Ohio State right now, three straight losses to Michigan, I'd fire Ryan Day. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I, he's one in three against Michigan in his career. I'm just being honest. I'd fire him. You know he's uh... – <laughs> I get a better coach. You always undefeated against the rest of the Big Ten, right? <laughs> I appreciate sure he's only got one one loss against any other team in the Big Ten. Well, yeah, he's I undefeated so. in the Big Ten, but well, maybe one loss. But I mean, I don't think so. I think he's undefeated in the Big Ten, other than in Michigan. Uh, I mean, he's one and three against Michigan. I mean, I'd fire him. <laughs> to be honest, I'd fire him. Let's, now I'd, that I've, I'd get a better head coach. Now that I've spotted off a little bit, supported my team, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, they did play a very inspired. I, honestly, both teams played their hearts out. A couple of things went Michigan's way, and, you know, they they played, they stuck with it, played tough, and, you know, they came out the victors. So let's talk about some of the conference championships. Oh, go ahead. And Ryan Day also won in six in the college football playoffs, so uh, that's, that's another reason I'd fire him well, if I, I was Ohio State. I can't say anything. Jim hasn't won one either. So true, but I mean. So let's talk about some of the conference championships coming up next week. Like the college football season's over, so it is what it is at this point. So you got Oregon and Washington. That's going to be another good game right there. Um, hands down, it was a good game. The first go around, Washington won by field goal, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, a walk-off field goal. So that's uh, an overtime, I believe, too. I don't, I'll have to go back and look. I thought it was an overtime. No. So I, I think no, that's going to be another good game again between Washington and Oregon. It'll be must-watch TV. Michigan-Iowa. Uh, Iowa's always got a tough defense, so I would be weary of, of that game. Um, 
Michigan should win, but if they overlook Iowa, they could very well see the be looking in the rearview mirror thinking they should have took Iowa more seriously. So they better take Iowa as seriously as they did Ohio State, Penn State, and everybody else on their schedule. Yeah, um, I think, you know, the difference here is the Iowa offense. Iowa offense isn't that good. No. Because ever since uh, Cade McNamara was out for the season with an ACL, even, even tear, when Even when he was in, the offense wasn't that good. They still weren't scoring points. The defense was winning games for them. That's true. Actually, that's one of the things that all the trash Cade McNamara talked about, Michigan, Jim Harbaugh, and J.J. McCarthy, I wish that he hadn't hurt his knee. I wish he was playing in this big team championship so that Michigan could, it, if they win, rub it in his face. For all the trash he talked, after everything Michigan and Jim Harbaugh did for him, and he, he wanted to go behind their back and talk trash about him when he transferred to Iowa, that was kind of... A crappy move by him, especially talking trash about JJ. And JJ's nothing but, you know, been a good teammate. He's never responded to anything McCarthy said about him, or McCarthy, uh, Cade McMurray said about him. He's just taken it in stride and moved on. When JJ got to Ann Arbor, he went to Cade and said, Hey, I want you to be my mentor. I want you to teach me, you know, how to play here. I want you to teach me the offense. And Cade McMurray refused to teach him the offense. He wouldn't even work with him, which was unfortunate. Unfortunate. Um, but McCarthy never said one word about it. He just took it in stride, did what he had to do, right? And then yesterday, after the game against Ohio State, when they asked him, this is the growth that JJ's had from the last two years. When they asked him about winning, he said, hey, it's a great win, I love it. He said, but first of all, hats off to Ohio State. They played their butts off. That is showed J.J.'s growth. Last year, I thought he was a bit arrogant a couple times. That shows his growth as far as finding that fine line between confidence and arrogance, right? And I think that's shown his growth this year. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. moving on. I think Alabama and Georgia SEC championship game could be really good. Probably must watch TV. And then Florida State and Louisville, I think, is going to be a really good game. Probably catch that um, also. Yeah, I think Florida State Louisville, pretty good game. I mean, Louisville has to play hard against Florida State because Florida State's run game. What Louisville needs to do is they need to stuff the run. That's what they need to do to. Uh, Florida State because they, Florida State is an uh is okay at passing without Jordan Travis. So I think Florida tried back. to stack the box and when they did they paid for it. That was that 134 passing yards by uh, the back at QB for Florida State. So I don't think you can stack the box. I think he's actually a decent passer. So when you stack the box, that's when you leave those slant routes. The you know you so if you stack the box, that means you're playing man to man, right on the outside against the receivers and the tight ends. I don't think you can do that. I think they have playmakers. Matter of fact, they got that kid from Michigan State, Keon Coleman. Yep, Keon Coleman. He's been huge for them this year. I don't think they can afford to try to cover those guys one on one. I don't think you can stack the box. I think that was, that's what Florida made its mistake at first. 
And so Keon Coleman and some of those other guys were making those catches. And that's when Florida stopped stacking the box and then Florida State got that run game going. They opened up the run game with a little bit of passing. Nothing spectacular, nothing crazy, just easy completions for, you know, some yards, and that's all you need. Game manager. Uh, I, I think that well, the, the difference here in the Mich- in the Michigan Iowa game is the offense because Iowa's offense uh is horrendous has been terrible. Cade McNamara, I just I'm just not a big fan of Cade McNamara because we said a couple podcasts ago when, when he's hurt the yeah. um, Deacon Hill is the quarterback. He's been the quarterback for a while now. Yeah, he's. I don't think Deacon Hill's that that good. Well, He's so like, Iowa does. You don't never really know with Iowa because they don't run an offense that's quarterback friendly. They're run heavy, a lot, and so they don't really run a passing offense. They just don't. <clears throat> they run a lot of eye formation uh, with two receiver and a lot of. Uh, um, just they they run a lot of, of run and so you don't really get a ton of passes I I bet the average I'd have to go back and look but I bet the average 10 passes a game 10 to 15 yeah so, because they, they they don't have good QBs so you have to rely on the run game a lot in their games because I've seen the stats and they usually rely on the run game mm-hmm. for them and I mean it's been working but their defense has been just been stopping teams. Um, I'm excited to see that game Saturday. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, besides the difference, which would be the offense. I'll, we'll see if Iowa can get that run game going. All right. I want to finish up. Um, obviously, the, college, the APA coaches' polls have come out. Um, college football playoff rankings will come out Tuesday, but these are our rankings for um, what we think based off the week 13 results. Um, for for me, I'll start first, and I'll let you go, Quentin. I'm going to tell you how I rank them and why. So, for number one, I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for this, but I put Michigan back at number one because to me, winning by six points against a tough number two in the country, Ohio State team, was more inspiring than Georgia barely beating a unranked Georgia Tech team. So for me, Michigan looked like the best team in the country for this week, and so I ranked them number one. I ranked Georgia number two. Because they still, even though they barely beat Georgia Tech, they're still, to me, Michigan and Georgia right now are, are the two teams that have separated themselves from the rest of the pack. And I just think those two are, it's Michigan and Georgia and everybody else. That's my opinion. Doesn't make me right or wrong, but that's just my opinion. I got Florida State at number three just because of that performance, you know, no Jordan Travis, but still finding a way to win. Um, 
I, I that that impressed me. I'm I'm good with that. Hey, number three, baby, back in the top four for me. Washington at number four. Um, they're the other lone undefeated team, so by default they're number four. But I do think they're a good team and deserve to be in the top four. Number five for me is Oregon. They haven't lost since the Washington game, so they're still rolling. Number six is Texas for me. They're rolling. They haven't lost since Oklahoma. And I had a little struggle with this one, but since Alabama lost to Texas, I made Ohio State number seven. I still think they're a good team. I just don't know if they belong in the playoff this year. I'll have to see how these conference championships shake out and kind of how everything goes. I'll have to go back and look at body of work between everybody, but they're my number seven team. And like I said earlier, a couple podcasts earlier, uh, you know, yeah, five undefeated teams now. Since Ohio State lost to Michigan, there's four. Mm-hmm. So conference championships, if Washington wins, uh, Michigan wins, Georgia wins, and then Florida, Florida State, State wins. wins. Yep, they're all four in. If they all four Ohio win, they're State. all four in. Yeah. Absolutely. None of the rest matters. I agree. What's going to matter is if there's complete bedlam. <laughs> And, you know, two of the four teams lose, or even three of the four teams, or they all lose. That would complete, that would make complete chaos. Oh, yeah. So, number eight for me was Alabama. Number nine is Penn State. Number 10 is Missouri. Those are my top 10 teams right now in college football. So, what do you got? All right, so number one, Michigan. Uh, Michigan. I mean, I gotta put them at number one because of their performance without their head coach, and all this uh, thing about the sign stealing. Uh, you know, and I gotta put Michigan at number one for overcoming that, all that drama that's going on, uh, around them, and uh, I gotta put them at number one for beating Ohio State. Uh, the number two team at tough Ohio State team. And I'll put them at number one for this week. Number two, Georgia. Georgia uh, beat Georgia Tech. Not that good. Uh, but a win is a win. I mean, I still got to put them at either number one or number two because a win is a win. So that's why I put Georgia number two. Number three, Washington. I got to uh, leave Washington at number three. Um... I just think Washington's offense is great. And now that Florida State has lost Jordan Travis, I don't think that their offense is that good anymore. But, I mean, the run they're getting the run game going. They're getting the pass game going in a way. So, I mean, I got to put Washington number three because they're getting the run. Well, they're kind of getting the run game going. And then I got Florida State number four. I can't leave them out of the top four because they're – one of those undefeated teams in there. So I got to leave them in that top four. They beat Florida by the run game, some of the pass game. So I got to put them at number four. Then my number five team would be Oregon. Oregon, great win against Oregon State. Uh, I watched a little bit of that game. It was pretty good. It was a pretty good game. and uh, I think Oregon really good in that game. And their defense is really good. So, I put Oregon at number five. And my number six team will be Texas. 
Texas hasn't not lost since local since uh, the Red River rivalry, and mm-hmm. I gotta put them at number six because they destroy Texas Tech, and they just been destroying teams over and over again. I gotta put them at number six. So my number seven team, Ohio State. Ohio State. I'm not gonna keep them at the top ten, you know, but I'm just gonna drop them five spots down because uh, they lost to Michigan and. Uh, I think that uh, Ohio State still deserves to be in that top ten, but I'm not really sure about the top five. Okay. And then my number eight team would be Alabama. Alabama, just they're almost lost to Auburn. Just no, you can't have that against an unranked Auburn team that's struggling. Uh, I got to put them at number eight because they lost to Texas and they sh- and they struggled against Auburn. <laughs> But they just got a fourth and thirty-one miracle against Auburn, so I put them at number eight. Then my number nine team, Missouri. I put Missouri t- here because I th- I feel like Penn State's offense is a high school offense. It's just not that good, you know. Against Michigan, they racked up fifteen points, and against Ohio State, they racked up twelve. Okay. Against big time teams, they're not that good. Ohio State doesn't have that good of a defense, and. Michigan has a good defense. I mean, you rack up 12 points against not that good of a defense. You know, James Franklin has not been that good against, uh, like, great <coughs> great teams like Michigan mm-hmm. and Ohio State in the Big Ten. I think 10. he's 1-14 against ranked teams. Yeah, I believe he is. Um, so I got to put Missouri yeah. number nine. That lone win is against Ohio State in 2016 off the block field goal. That's it. He's, he hasn't beat another ranked team since. Well, That's insane to think about. I don't about. think he's even beat top five team ever since then. I don't think he's ever beat a top five team. Then I got to put Penn State in number 10. They beat uh, Michigan State. And, and their only two losses are to great Big Ten teams, Michigan and Ohio State. So I got to put them in number 10, and that's my top 10 after week 13, heading into the conference championship game. All right. All right. Well, that's uh, all I have for today's show. How about you? Yeah, that's all I have for today. I just got one more thing to say before the end of the show. Go blue. Michigan still winning, baby. That's all I got for today. Uh, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Hope you guys continue to listen. We appreciate your support. Please like and subscribe, whether you go to our YouTube channel or you know you listen to our podcast we truly appreciate you guys listening we thank you and have enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend